The return of the Bill Simmons podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When it comes to hiring, sometimes you need a high hiring IQ. I feel like we have it here at the Ringer. Other times you don't because you can just use ZipRecruiter. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. What a partnership we've had this year. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you by Callaway Golf, the presenting sponsor of the Shackhouse podcast, which once again was handing out winners for the British Open. So get ready for that for the PGA Championship. Right now, if you go to CallawayGolf.com, you can bid for a one-of-a-kind Vegas-themed wedge to raise money for Mark Leishman's foundation, Begin Again, for families unexpectedly confronted by medical crises. All you, all you have to do is go to CallawayGolf.com, click on one of the wedges. The auction will come up. It expires on August first. It's for a great cause, a Vegas theme wedge. Sounds like good luck. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, where if you go there right now, you can read a Succession's Power Ranking, uh, I'm sorry, a Succession Power Rankings piece. Sunday night's episode of Succession um, might have been my favorite moment of favorite TV episode in a couple years. It was a bachelor party that never left New York City and was just in some weird building and was one of the funniest shows. I'm going to have Joe House on to talk about that episode at some point. And both of us will probably get fired. It was incredible. It was so good. Anyway, Power Rank is on that. Sean Fantasy writing about Mission Impossible, the franchise. He ranked uh, the six movies. He loves the first movie. We did a rewatchables about that. I was not on that rewatchables, but it's this week. They did rewatchables on the first movie, the one directed by Brian De Palma. A lot of Mission Impossible content. People love this movie. Brian Curtis wrote a feature about Bob Lee. Kevin O'Connor and Jonathan Jarks redrafted the 2018 draft. Jarks came in hot. Hot. I, I almost wish I had seen a, a, a first version of this because he was like a little too hot. He was, he was like sweaty. Really, he, he really took it literally. He redrafted the 2018 draft. I don't know if I agreed with the choices, but it was an interesting read. Mark Titus wrote about Jimmy Fredette. Zach Graham wrote about why the Astros should trade for Bryce Harper. New podcast from the Ringer Podcast Network, David Chang, JJ Reddick, The Rewatchables we mentioned, The Watch. It's a quiet week, quiet content week. Thank God for the NBA. Thank God for our man, Ryan Rosilla, who's going to be on the podcast. But first, Pearl Jam. All right, in studio, L.A. Ryan. Ryan Rosillo. You can That's feel right. he's been here a couple months. He just has a different vibe. He's tan. Yeah. He's, he looks like he's he's fit. Yeah, everybody keeps saying you look like you're in good shape now. I it's go, just because you're tan. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get East it. It's that East Coast. You're either yeah. like sunburned or you're white, and there's no in between. But yeah, you, I can tell the L.A. But you're wearing an LAFC shirt. Huge you're fan. In an MLS. My last night. Yeah. Unbelievable Terrible. crowd, right? I can't believe how great that LAFC thing is. And 
you know, I remember going to my first USC game like 10 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it was all RVs and whatever. I'm like, you guys put a stadium right here. Yeah. And then you go in and they've been there. This is their first season. Okay. And you go in and that whole section where it's like their their crew. The trained fans yeah, in, the, in the one end yeah, zone. They yeah. brought them over to Germany to like yeah. learn how to do it. And I, Tom Penn, who we both know, who's yeah. who's the guy. And I was like, I, I, I can't believe you already have this. Like chanting for hours before the thing even starts and then nonstop the whole time. And I and they get rid of the seat. So you have to stand in yeah, this one section. You can't go there. So like, I was like, can There's I go no check sitting. that out? And they yeah. go, well, well yeah. unless you're going to sing. You're like trained assassins. I got season tickets like a year ago. And I, and I have two. And my friend Nathan Hubbard has two next to me. And we and we just kind of pass them back and I forth. think I'm going to get them. They're phenomenal. I, my son hates soccer. Never wanted to play. No never kidding. wanted to watch. We brought him. He's like, I don't want to go. This sucks. <laughs> and then we went. He had a great time. The food was great. So he's, and he's in like, now? I'm in. Yeah. Everybody who goes loves it. I would say they have the best crowd in LA right now. Just game to game, like the intensity, excitement, atmosphere. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I felt a little bad because I was asking some people with the club. I go, that's what they call them out here. Um, yeah, the club. Yeah, I go, I go, I don't want to sound like a jerk because, you know, but too late. I go, how do they already care this much? <laughs> it's one of the great <laughs> business stories. They've created history out of thin air in the span of five months. Nephew Kyle went, they they had to like, the police had to pull him out. He went, he wanted to stay for like three smoking? hours after. Smoking, drinking. <laughs> That's the other thing too, is they go, all right, well, after the game, they're like sunset yeah, come hang. And I go, what, what are you talking about? They're like, we stay open. Yeah. And you're watching the sun go down behind the Coliseum. I mean, you're right there in USC. And then I, I ended up making a real rookie mistake where uh -huh. I had a long day and then I did a 10 East deal in the middle uh, of the day. Yeah, you still got to so, figure out the highway. Well, cause so. I was going to take the yeah. train. So I was in Santa Monica working out. Shout out to the Equinox. Huge celebrity <laughs> sighting there, by the way. If we may do it, I feel like I'm selling a guy out a little bit, but if you want to do that later, no, I'd so, love to. So I'm out now. It's early. You huge office fan or are you one of those guys? That I'm not, I'm not an office fan. You're not? I'm not against it. I just never got caught into it. My so whole I, staff is though. I have a Kawhi theory that'll relate to that later okay. separately. I'm hot today. Morning, ready to go. Yeah, so you nice coffee. You guys, no, I didn't even drink coffee. I got a Oh, you have kombucha. a kombucha? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's home brewed, small batch. So <laughs> when, you, you guys know Toby, right? Toby Flenderson? Yeah, like I've Michael heard the Scott. name. Yeah, he's, it's his nemesis, okay? And so I'm at the Equinox. And, you know, you see some celebrity guys in there and I, I do a double take. And like, I'm sure you notice, like if somebody's checking you out, you're like, okay, these guys are looking at me. So I was like, don't do that. Don't be that guy. But it was, I, I don't even know if Kyle, if we can look up who the actor is. So it was Toby. It's Toby. Yeah. And, and imagine if like you were at the beach and Tom Cruise showed up shirtless dog tags, ready to play beach volleyball. Oiled up. Yeah, yeah. Daisy Dukes and starts talking to your girl at the blanket. It's like, yeah. you want to play a little beach volleyball? Yeah. And you'd be like, holy shit, you're really like this. Like, yeah. this is who you are. That's what Toby was like at Equinox. Brown shirt, <laughs> dad shorts, Asics, no offense to the gel, you know, technology, yeah. dark socks. And he goes to the incline. So I was like, wow, Toby's going to go incline bench free weights. Like, what do we got here? Tens on each side. <laughs> Not not a deep you know like just kind of yeah, getting it's a light workout yeah maybe he's coming back from an injury i could have caught him on a high rep day to be fair <laughs> and he was looking around and it was toby it was actually toby from the office doing chest you love la and i couldn't paul lieberstein by the way paul yeah yeah so, shout out to paul lieberstein and he yeah. did he did get up he did put a 25 and a 10 and got a little deeper i noticed you spent so much time in middle middle connecticut 
your celebrity sightings were basically like, hey, there's Bob Lee. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> Shelly Smith. <laughs> Shelly Smith was in the salad bar hey, today. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> and now it's like you're in LA and you're seeing Toby from the office. And he worked out just like you would expect Toby to work out. And potentially you'll get to see Rajon Rondo. Why are you checking your phone? I want to make sure that- attention. No, 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 no. I'm, this is my NBA free agency day. I don't want to okay. miss a thing. Okay. I didn't bring any notes. I don't know where to start. Why are you I, I made a couple notes just so we didn't forget anything. Okay, all right. I you wanted got to it? hit- You got the notes? Right. Well, I, I wanted to hit, because now it's been a month, right? It's the end of July. Mm-hmm. Pretty much done at this point. Really fascinating free agency. And I didn't want to really wade in big picture wise until the end of the month. I feel like most of the teams have gotten worse. Is that possible? Wow. Um, I only like what a couple teams have done. And I either felt like everyone else either treaded water or well, give me, I dislike what give, they give did. Me, give me like the ones that jump out to you that you go, what's the point? I mean, the you treading put- water teams? No, because I do think there were a lot of well, we'll get to like them. explanations where a team, like if you were talking to a team, they'd be like, no, no, you're missing the point. We did it because of this, this. And there's always okay, times where I'm like, that? I wasn't thinking about that. And then sometimes I'm just like, why bother? Like, why bother? What's the Jabari Parker deal about? Yeah, we could. But I'd rather go you, playoff teams first. I'd rather you just go. With I was the most disappointed with Philly. I don't know what they did. They had Wilson Chandler. They had all this cap space. They had cap space to get somebody who was an impact anything. What about JJ? Well, they just brought him back. They basically have last year's team with Wilson Chandler. You know what's weird about that deal is how they were never in on the LeBron thing. Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I think LeBron needed the stunt team, the fit, the placebo team, because his <laughs> Lakers thing had been done. I, po- I posted on Twitter today. I went on Coward Show like 14 months ago when Coward, for some reason, thought LeBron was going to the Clippers. And I just surgically picked him apart with LeBron going to Lakers, honestly, it was like a Tom Brady second half against the Falcons type of performance. And he has not <laughs> invited me back since. Cause it's like, I don't blame him. It's, it's almost, I'm amazed. He still has the show. It was that bad. You, you're amazed coward. He just, what do you, well, just like when you, you get demolished how like that, how do you, how do you get back on your feet? Are you, have you paid show? attention to how talk radio works? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, we'll get you back on the show. We're neighbors. So no, I don't, I don't want to, to go back on that. It's my walk off Homer. You it's just, like, there's no point. It's like Gibson Eckersley. There's no, <laughs> like, no, no reason way. to ever have another at bat against them. All right. But, uh, uh, but yeah, the, I've been, so, I was so, what's that with the Lakers? I don't get it. I don't. I mean, congrats to them. And yes, you've been on it. And you know, there's all sorts of things that we can revisit. Cause if you look at the LeBron part of this, right. We like, did this in February. Yeah. I, my thing was that I didn't think he was going to come here by himself and he did it. And what I would say is, I don't think he thought he was going to come here by himself. Okay. The Paul George thing, I so think, you think was really. So, the tail end, he was like, oh, well, at least we'll get Paul George. Yeah. And then once that didn't happen, which surprised everybody, um, I think it was like, okay, well, we can just move these pieces for Kawhi. My, my thing would, I would ask anybody this like, it, living out here now and that LeBron came here and he came here by himself, right? 
because I never thought Philly was real. Once Cleveland knew they weren't going to get anybody else for whatever kind of assets they thought they had, he was going to bounce. It's turned into this thing like LeBron's like just ready to retire. Like people are talking about him out here like he's 40. I'm not saying you are, but it's, oh, he wants to make TV shows and he's, yeah, he's over. I'm like, man, he's 33, 34 this year. Like the dude still wants to win. He played 82 games last year, plus how so, many playoff games? Like 20 right, plus? Eight straight years of this Never stuff. missed a game last season. I know. And I think he did that because he gets sick about hearing how he's taking time off. So I, I think the simplest way I can kind of put this all together is that once they knew the Cleveland thing wasn't going to work, Philly wasn't real. I don't care what those guys say Houston out there. was never real. Houston didn't fit. I didn't even think from a basketball standpoint, he, yeah. you know, he can like Chris Paul, but it's like, man, three of us. Yeah. So then he goes, all right, well, we'll figure some other stuff out in LA. Do you think when Magic showed up to LeBron's house, when free agency started that night, that his pitch was, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to trade for Kawhi and we're going to get Rondo, who I know LeBron likes Rondo, and we're going to get Rondo, Lance, JaVale, you re redo Pope because he's a clutch guy. Um, like it's it's a collection of dudes. It's a collection of personalities that you would never really like. No one would ever say separate of LeBron that putting these five personalities together on one basketball team makes any sense. So I'm I'm really surprised how this has played out since he agreed to come to L.A. I look at it and I agree with the mindset. I just don't agree with the players they got because if they were smart, LeBron and Magic have an honest conversation and everybody's making it seem like it happened on July 1st at midnight. It probably happened over the course of the season multiple times with texts that couldn't, you know, I'm sure they've been talking the whole year about what to do. I think LeBron was like, no matter what we do, we're not beating the Warriors this year. And we're probably not beating the Celtics with all their guys that are coming back. I don't, I don't know if it was him saying this or Magic, but I think they probably looked at it and said, why are we giving away assets so we can just lose to the 2019 Warriors anyway? Let's have this weird year. We'll get all these one-year dudes. We can pounce on Kawhi in February. And if it doesn't work out, we're positioned for the next year and the cap space, all these people, you'll win 50 games by yourself anyway. We'll be relevant again. You'll be in LA. You'll get, you'll get settled and we'll figure it out. And they left themselves flexibility, which I really respect because looking back in 2014, I never thought... I went back and I read it to make sure I felt this way. I thought they should have tested out the Wiggins thing for a couple months before they did the love trade. The love trade was going to be there anyway. They could have made that trade in February. But I just don't think LeBron wanted to play with young guys, which well, is what makes this LA thing. Because I think he learned from 14, like, don't make your team in July, which I really agree with. So you think with. he'd rather wait it out, the Lakers would rather wait it out, then giving up an Ingram and another piece for, because what I'd heard was Ingram is the starter and then it was other things. I wouldn't right? have done it. I, I would want to play with those guys. I think the biggest mistake these teams make, and this would be the case for actually wait on Philly, don't judge what they did yet. The biggest mistake these teams make is they try to make their team in July and August. And we know as the league goes, everybody loves their team after summer league. Nobody wants to make a trade. You get to our training camp. Nobody wants to do anything. And then by Thanksgiving, everyone's like, fuck this guy. I hate this guy. We're getting a good man here. And I mean, that's you have when a nasty now. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but, right. <laughs> the Celtics summer team when I was out there. And by the way, the summer league thing, like if you haven't gone. It's spectacular. It's, it's so much better. Like granted, you're like, oh, it's NBA. It's Vegas. Get there. Go a couple days. If you like basketball, it, it's, it's inexcusable if you don't go. Bring your kid. You we know did what I mean? a summer league takeover. It was so much fun. We loved it. I can't believe how great it is. Like I drove out there through Barstow. I stopped in Baker. I know that you, Greek you, place. You, you I did, was in it. It was fun to see you finally embrace the Barstow Baker. That whole drive, right? And also like that one stretch where it's like, should I get gas now or should no. I risk it? 
I stopped in Baker at that Greek place to eat the Mad Greek. Oh yeah, I never. I mean, you don't hear about Eastern California much. That job's really fun because now that we have podcasts and things, like in the old days, the radio would go out. Yeah, you'd either have your CDs or you were screwed. But now in 2018, you have all these different devices and stuff. But so, do you agree that with the Lakers that why why do you have to have your team in July? Okay, Why but, can't you but, wait? Why can't you figure it out in December, January, February? Maybe Kawhi is miserable in Toronto and you can get him for like Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart in a first round pick in February. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. But would you have done the number two pick for Paul George two years ago? Or excuse me, last off season, 2017? No. Okay. You do it now. I don't know. You don't know? You wouldn't trade Lonzo for, oh, Lonzo, for George? The Lonzo yeah, for Yeah, the Lonzo pick. I mean, you don't get to like take Tatum retroactively. I have a a confession. What? I'm still in on Lonzo. I don't think that's... It's it's a minority. There's not a lot of us. I still... It's okay. Everything I've heard is he's a good kid. Yeah. It's his dad who's the problem. I just think it's heading for a divorce with him and his dad. It's like a Mary Pierce situation where we're going to... Remember Mary Pierce? And she had to like... Her dad had to be banned from coming to the games. I think that's where we're heading with this. Wasn't that like some kid from different strokes that sued his parents? Yeah, I think all these stories, I think that's where this is going. Eventually, he's going to realize, like, my dad is making me persona non grata in the NBA. Nobody will even trade for me because of my dad. I have to separate from this guy. Yeah, that is kind of nuts that this actually happened. Because I remember when it was all going down before the draft, I'm like, oh, who cares? You know, and especially in L.A., like, it's magic. It's the Lakers. Like, nobody's going to care. And then you you hear about stuff a season later, and you'll hear some people be like, you know what? It kind of sucks. Yeah. It kind of sucks. It kind of wears kinda sucks on to have you. a crazy right, father right, just, just saying everything. Every week you don't know what's going to happen. And then when does something does, you know, if it's a quiet week then something doesn't happen. And then when it does, it's like, Hey, everybody. And, and I've heard, you know, I mean, people can do whatever they want with it, but like, I think it's common sense that it, it starts to grind at you a little bit. And that's too bad. Cause I do like the kid, the kid, you know, I, I would give LeVar a lot of credit for this. Like every time I've seen his kids, they all seem to be like really enjoying being around him. You yeah. know, like I think that part of the fatherhood thing is pretty cool. And I don't want to turn this into a massive ball rant here, but the team itself, Bill, I, I the one year thing. Yep. Not giving up the assets. I just yet, didn't but like all the one year deals they gave out. I, I think they, KCP a lot of it was for too much for 12 is, I, I can't is believe obviously that. a clutch thing. Yeah, but you just gave him a ton the year before. So you already paid him. You already overpaid him on the one year deal. But it's they're trying to make it back for him because they screwed up his Pistons contract. Okay. So but, the, the but, agency thing to me, and I, I don't know why this became more of a thing this year, but I feel like it was kind of the secret sauce of this whole free agency CA versus clutch. Like, Paul George not going to the Lakers. That seemed to be a total agent in front like office, a whole, like, like weird. I've heard, I don't know what's true or not, but you hear I think it. what you've heard is the same thing I've heard and I believe in it. And like them letting go Julius Randle. And I like George's agent a lot too. Would you rather have Julius Randle for 9 million or KCP for 12? Like who the fuck would want KCP for more money than Julius Randle? Where are all these I wings I like playing? Julius Randle. Julius Randle was 18 and 10 last year for like three months. No, Julius is, there's it a version of him. There's a version of him in like a small ball league where you go, okay, he can handle, he can drive on you. Like I he like looked a dude. little too one dimensional, probably starting his career. And but he stuff. plays hard. But he does. And you know, the other thing that's was really cool. And I, I think Luke deserves a lot of credit for this. Like that was always my Philly thing is that new young teams that have never played together are usually stink on defense. And Philly was incredible, but the Lakers were kind of sneaky good on defense. The too. second half of the season. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so I didn't, I didn't love all the, 
actual signings, but I think the mindset I agreed with, if you can't get anybody, keep your flexibility and you have a ton of assets. But, but I really me, hated the KCP thing though. I just don't think he's good. Let me ask you this though. Okay. And a GM told me this a long time ago and it's still true today. Yeah. Your roster kind of has to have eight guys that know they're going to play 10 that maybe think they're going to play. And then a, a three or four guys that know they're not ever going to play. True. And you hope that they're veterans. Yeah. Everybody that's on this Lakers roster is either a young guy that thinks he's awesome yeah. or an old guy that thinks he's awesome and is waiting for the next contract or for the one year deal. Like this isn't easy. And that's kind of my whole point. Like if you think that this was the roster that was pitched and this is what closed LeBron, you know, I would imagine at some point if, you know, I don't know what happens with Kawhi in Toronto. We can get into that whole thing on paper outside of LeBron, no one would go. I really like what this team did. They never would, but it's glossed over by getting the best player in the league, which I totally get. LeBron, Ingram, Lonzo, Josh Hart, Kuzma, Rondo. I like that six. Lance, then JaVale. It goes, then it goes Pope. KCP, JaVale, right. Lance. And JaVale has to play because they don't have a center. Or it's Mo, and then- I like that six. I really like Josh Hart. And yeah, I, I just feel like you don't need KCP. I'd ra- I would, last year, all the Laker fans I knew were like, it's crazy that he plays KCP over Josh Hart. It's fucking drives me nuts. Like every Lakers fan kind of felt that way. But- the thing is, they could by December they can package KCP and Lance the one year deals for that with whatever, and they can well, get one to basically guys. any salary. One of those guys will have to work. I think it's just one of those deals where, on paper, it makes a lot of sense to be greedy and go whatever. We'll just get him for free, or whatever. We'll just get him for less. But it just happened to you that a whole approach will just get him for free. And Paul George, I mean, was partly responsible for this because he's the one that told everybody two years ago when this whole odyssey started when he was with the Pacers, like, hey, I'm going to go to the Lakers in 2018. And then he doesn't. It just happened to you. So if you could have had a piece that grabs a top five player in Kawhi, who's still really young and awesome, I'm of the belief of instead of being cute about it, just give me the guy. Coming up, I'm going to get your take on my favorite NBA conspiracy theory of 2018. Let's talk about Starbucks double shot. Starts with bold Starbucks coffee blended with milk for a smooth, creamy, delicious flavor. One of the words, smooth, creamy, and delicious, never a good thing. It's enhanced with ginseng, guarana, and B vitamins, available in six delicious flavors, mocha, vanilla, hazelnut, white chocolate, coffee, Mexican mocha. It's an energy coffee drink that not only tastes great, but gives you the energy to go from point A to point done. Like many human beings on this planet, I am much sharper when I have more energy. I go in phases where I have one coffee day that's just giant. Sometimes I have the second coffee. My staff makes fun of me because it's usually around 4.35 p.m. When you're young, if you have a coffee that that age range, um, you're basically wired for the rest of the night. When you're older, you actually kind of need it. That's why you need the Starbucks double shot. Makes your brain, gets your brain start going again. Uh, it's energy to do things you actually do. You can find it in your local convenience store, put it in your fridge, and just pop one. The Starbucks double shot, check it out. All right, so I've said this on my pod. I don't know if you heard it. What if Adam Silver and OKC, there were phone calls back and forth. Oh, this is going to be good. And OKC was like, LA's tampering with Paul George. They're telling everybody he's coming to the team. We have evidence A, evidence B, and evidence C. Um, we could either make a big stink about this publicly or you can handle this. And Adam's like, I got this. And he calls the Lakers. He's like, I love you guys. I want you guys to succeed. I know LeBron's coming. This is great for the league. Hands off 
Paul George. I'm not, I'm not going to come down on you guys. You cannot sign him. And then goes to the Paul George side and was like, Paul George, you've talked to the Lakers. It's inappropriate. I'm going to let it go. You cannot sign with them. Neither of you sides are allowed to talk to one another. It's not inconceivable, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love when people throw out stuff and there's like, you know, it's a 1% chance. I, I don't think it's a 1%. You're I way think it's bigger like a 40% on the 40% chance. You're so much bigger on the conspiracy things. And I just, I shoot them all down. But like, that doesn't mean they're all wrong, right? This is, this for a year, everyone on the Lakers side is like, well, we're getting Paul George. He didn't even take a meeting with him. Didn't even take a meeting. What is that? Didn't take a meeting. And by the way, is the OKC Russell That's the Westbrook, red flag. is that party, like, should everyone be doing that for mid-tier free agents from now on? Like, have a clam bake if, if like, if Baines wants to leave next year, the first <laughs> night of free agency, Marcus Smart and Rozier throw a clam bake in Weymouth or something? I think the Purina <laughs> factory- Weymouth would be probably a little too inland, but- The Purina factory really, uh, it, it makes everybody a little crazy in OKC. Last thing on the Lakers, because I want to- I don't, do you want me to say that I, I can't tell you what's wrong? No, it's I mean, just that's a probably theory. The, I'm sure there's way more businesses handled that way because that's how it works in court. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't there be, like, I don't believe in, like when Stern shot down the Paul trade, okay, I, we, we know what happened there. The frozen envelopes thing, you know, like some of these conspiracy theories, I go, you know, they've been around so long. Do you think Stern suspended MJ for gambling? I've heard it a million times, but how come no one- how are we, what, almost well, 25 years removed from it or almost? Uh, if one of the- eight, how, can, how can no one, how could no one ever do the 60 minutes version of like, here's what happened? Because maybe only like two or three people know. If one of the seven best players in the league failed the PED test, would the NBA kick it under the table and pretend it didn't happen? Well, tennis did it with Agassi. If you read his book- so after I read that, or actually, you know what? Read all the, the USADA stuff that happened with the US team. Like we're sitting there ripping all these other foreign Let's say athletes. MVP candidate fails a PED test. Yeah. Does, other other leagues, other sports entities have done it. Goodell's so like, we're getting we're getting this guy. I don't, I'll be I'd be interested to know what would happen if that ever happened in the NBA. Uh I want to audible to OKC because this drove me crazy as a basketball fan. I hate when teams are stupid. And this is a two-part thing. Well, actually, we'll start with Atlanta. Atlanta could just take Doncic at three and keep Dennis Schroeder. Instead, they trade Doncic for Trey Young, who I like him. I didn't like him at five. Really has major bust potential. Like, really could be out of the league in six years. They get Trey Young, Dallas is 2019 first, a shit first from OKC, and they eat $20 million of Dennis Schroeder's contract. Would you rather have Doncic and Schroeder or Young, the Dallas pick, OKC shit pick, and you eat $20 million? Who the fuck would want that with, Want that strategy? Yeah, when you add it all up, it's pretty tough. Now, it's you could terrible. argue with the salary floor. Like, I'm surprised more teams just can go, hey, you know what we're going to do instead of playing, paying the floor with something? Like, we're just going to give everybody a bonus, you know? Because that's what you yeah. have to do. You can have a yeah. 60 million payroll Bro. and just everybody gets paid. Hey, more. everybody gets paid a little bit more. Yeah. Apparently, there was a story, I think it was out of Portland where Portland pulled a move and brought their salary up to the floor and no one on the team knew it except for one vet who came in and was like, we were all going to get checks for like 1.7 mil 
Oh, the one vet the who checked his checking account? It's like, whoa! <laughs> no, but he checked it and was like, after we made, I think it was Portland. He's like, after we made this deal, we got to the floor. So now this thing that we're going to get. Like Hinky had a few, when they did the JaVale deal. Yeah, like there, Everybody on the Sixers, like, was it Hollis Thompson was going to get a, like, quadruple his salary if they didn't get to the salary floor and um that ended up not happening never a problem with ESPN. Look, here, the atlanta thing i it, hate what atlanta did i hate it more passionately than anything i've hated any nba team has done in the last two years i think that trade is going to be historically bad i have no idea why they just punted on dennis schroeder who's actually a good basketball player i don't like him he's put up 19 a game no, he can create his own shot yeah but that's like the thing he, you have to own. like you have to pay 20 million dollars to get rid of him it's not like he's like an albatross it just makes no sense how great was nobody OKC? wants dennis schroeder how great were they though that they were just like okay we're gonna do all these other things we already know where we're dumping mellow like they knew it but like didn't that, you know it well that was what was so crazy I tweeted like four weeks ago and it, and people were like it like picked up traction people were like oh they might dump mellow it's like the fuck do you think you think they're paid 300 million dollars of luxury tax so you don't enjoy all the touchscreens that we did at espn no i, I did enjoy that <laughs> like i did, I did salary, enjoy the luxury tax touch salary might be 300 million um i i i'm really scared of the atlanta thing because of stuff that i'd heard about the trey young thing like travis their gm comes from golden state um which is really funny too because they were like you'll read stuff and i don't think travis ever said this but Oh, it's they about say, he wants his own curry. Yeah, yeah, he wants his own Golden State. And you're like, well, if I was it that easy? Like, hey, Rasilla, do you want to be GM of the Knicks? Yeah, I want, what I want to do here is get two six shooting guards. I want to have two then, of the right. best four shooters in the history of right. basketball. And then I want a five who can play all five positions who's yeah. in the second round. So let's right? do that. So so hired, five-year deal. What do you think? And they're like, this guy's awesome. He's going to create his own. It's Golden State East is what we're doing. But the Atlanta thing, as you mentioned, the Curry deal, is I would heard that depending on who's – influencing who and the decision-making there. And this always scares me when I hear this about teams is that, okay, we have no buzz, right? We're a boring ass team. We need a little buzz. How about we need Luka Doncic? Yeah, or change your uniforms. He might, he might be able to have some buzz. Yeah. He's going to be fucking awesome. Short-term wins, winning the press conference. College football does this crap all the time. I almost feel like that's what Cleveland did a bit with the Kevin Love extension. They're like, let's have something positive and put him in front of some sheetrock and put some hats on people. And yeah, we got Kevin Love back. Like, I feel like Atlanta... Unless they just love Trey Young, but I'll never un like that thing. Not only could it be Trey Young being the problem, but if Doncic turns out to be a stud, that's going to go down as one of those things. Like you'll be doing this podcast years. I'm from already now, here. Right. I'm saying it right now. I think that's one of the worst trades of the decade, and potentially is going to be one of the worst trades of the 21st century. And what really bothers me is there's going to be some revisionist history because we're in the era of puff piece journalism with giving the puff piece feature about what the GM was really thinking. And it'll be floated out there that, uh, well, actually Atlanta, one of the reasons they had to get rid of Schroeder is they wanted to make sure they were bad to make sure that uh, their 2019 first was going to be terrible too. And now they'll have that in Dallas and they're rebuilding and you got to like what they're doing here. It's like, you know what I would have liked to have in Luka Doncic? And by the way, if you have Trey Young and Dennis Schroeder together, you're still going to stink. You don't have to pay $20 million to get rid of a guy who is the best backup point guard in the league now. So if I'm on another team, I'm like, wow, OKC just shed $100 million in luxury tax and got rid of Mello, who was fucking awful for them. And now they have a point guard who, if they could figure it out, could actually like win game three of a playoff series hey, for them. For OKC that was a getting, great trade. getting Schroeder, I think it makes sense. I don't, I don't necessarily like him. And their argument would be, hey, if we're trying to develop Trey and then that guy can never, create his own shot, never passes to him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you could play him off. I mean, I always felt like he was a late game kind of 
all or nothing guy, like not exactly as bad as like the worst version of Reggie Jackson, but kind of some of those tendencies a little bit. In a playoff series, you need that. Like you're in Utah game four and you're threatening to go down three, one, and he comes in and gets hot and scores 27 points. Like, I want those guys in a playoff series. I think he'll be good for them. Look, I like him for the Thunder. I just don't necessarily like him overall. But our, our general, like, we're in agreement here. Well, on I didn't like him as a starting point guard. I thought he was below average as a starting point guard. I think he's one of the best two or three backup point guards in the league. Like, coming off the bench, it's, it's like him and Rogier and... I don't know, Josh, Josh Dante Hart Exum. is not even a point was guard. Was the Exum contract one of the most surprising of the offseason? Yeah, that felt like a guilt contract. Yeah. But anyway, OKC, I like what they did. Okay. They brought they bought Paul George back. Kudos to them. The unfinished business stuff I thought was hilarious because they won two playoff games. At the same time, they got rid of Melo. They overpaid to bring Jeremy Grant back, but at least he's on the team. I thought I went from hating his game to starting to I like appreciate where he's at. I don't know who is, who is bidding $27 million oh, for him. Oh, actually, I think there were some teams that were going to come out. I who? Heard, I heard from two teams that were like bummed. They were like, really? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, that, that's good yeah. for them. Then. No, no. Yeah. I like the Noel flyer, even though I, I I have major questions about him in 19 different areas. Schroeder, like, I think that's a real deep playoff team, though. I would argue that. I think Houston got worse. They definitely did. The reason was huge for they them. They got worse. Right. Um, the Lakers, who the hell knows? But they're fifty wins with LeBron. But you could make it. You could make a case that OKC is the second best team in the West. Then. Yeah, I went from like last year looking at the Thunder, going, "I'm not sure. I'm not sure." And then you'd watch him, and depend on the week that you would catch him. But overall, you know, we we've done the Russ topic at ad nauseum, so I, I'm not going to do that again. But it was, it is this thing where I wasn't as high on them and then they lose to the jazz. And yeah, like there's two versions of it. You're watching them celebrate unfinished business and be like, didn't you guys lose to the jazz in the first round? Like, what are you celebrating? In six. Right. But what you're doing here is you're forgetting what has gone on emotionally with this fan base. Okay. And I would, I would put like, I was going to do this with, with Van Pelt at some point um, on one of the podcasts. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But you're not a college football guy. Oh, so no, I'm not. I, I would like to like, over your course of your career, the fan bases that were just the most insufferable. It doesn't mean you hate this team or hate the city or hate this fan base, but like which fan base have you gone? You at peak terrible. Like jazz fans at times, like back in the, the Darren Williams Jazz things, fans are pretty rough. It was brutal. It's not as bad now, but it was real bad back then. Twitter has kind of mitigated them a little bit. Yeah, I guess not as into you know, maybe more of like Pinterest. Well, or when something. they do, when they do bad shit, it's actually on Twitter now when they <laughs> yell inappropriate things or whatever. So I would put Thunder fans the last couple of years up there, but it's still a post breakup, you know, freak out. So that celebration was about, Hey, no one thought Russ was going to stay here and he did. And no one thought George was going to stay here and he did. So you guys can make all the jazz jokes that you want. So I, I do appreciate, like, I think I understand what that excitement is for Thunder fans being like, all you guys, you said all these things are going to have no one. Our sushi sucks, all this stuff. And guess what? You've been like, against us since we stole yeah. the Sonics. Yeah, exactly. Well, screw you. We needed a team. So I get that they're super, super triggered on everything, but they are. That, like, that fan base currently for me for the last year plus has been pretty brutal. Western Conference odds. Golden State minus 220. Rockets 5-1. to one. Lakers 8-1. to one. OKC 30-1. to one. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. That I mean, doesn't it's all make LeBron. sense. That's just a LeBron betting. That's them setting a number against I, LeBron action. It has to be. That eight to one is basically we're banking on LeBron trading for another guy before March. Yeah, but don't you also think he it's just because- He can't win the West with the team he has. 
Yeah, but being in Vegas, don't you think they would just get more action on the Lakers than they would the yeah, Thunder? Yeah, they might. But the OKC at 30 to 1 is stupid because the big thing for me is, and you hear this now, it's like, and we wrote about, Kevin O'Connor wrote about it in the ringer, if Westbrook can play off the ball. <laughs> now, every every moment he's had playing off the ball has How been many words a disaster. Was, that? was it seven words, that <laughs> yeah. piece? <laughs> Yeah, but he is older. When's the, what, you know what's crazy? But you're gonna, can, we're going to read you, this. Can though. you envision him setting a screen in your head? But Think I, about him. Think about all the times you've watched him and go, do I ever remember him setting a screen? This was the thing with Old Depot two years ago. I wrote about it when I wrote about Russ. It was like Russ would have would, would decide seven plays in a row and then the eighth play it would be like, all right, Oladipo, it's your turn. And then he would just stand 35 feet away. His guy wouldn't have to guard him. And Oladipo would be like, oh, good, I get to shoot this time. <laughs> We're going to hear this September, early October. OKC is really committed to teaching Russ how to play off the ball. And Russ is, oh, he's been setting screens. Set two screens in scrimmage. But, His screen rate per 40 spiked. But if he, if he becomes a two guard, I think that team is much more dangerous. If if Schroeder can sure. handle the ball hey, enough, sure, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Schroeder, Westbrook, Paul George, Adams, and Grant in crunch time, and Russ playing off the ball, running around screens and shit like that. I think is the most dangerous lineup they have. I know people well, love that Robertson, man, but right, wasn't there the four man last year with with George, Adams, Westbrook, and was it Grant? Not including Melo, I forget, or was it with Melo? It was like, every lineup without Melo was yeah. was their much per one hundred was was sick. But yeah. um, I just think I think those odds are skewed. And after we finish this podcast, I think I'm going to bet them. Houston, <laughs> or, they lose a reason. They lose Mabamute, who was great for them in the regular season. Carmelo, who doesn't play defense. Ryan Anderson, who doesn't play defense. I think did they bring Gerald Green back? They did. Yeah, yeah, short term. But he doesn't really play defense either. I I I do kind of feel like they missed their window. And I think we're too. gonna look back at that Chris Paul pulling his hamstring as like this seminal moment in Rockets history. I agree. I don't see them being better this year. I think Capella, even if they bring him back, he's gonna be pissed off. It's gonna be different. I That's think his fault then if he's pissed off. I mean, it's that like restricted free agency should be renamed. Get, I don't go get an offer. No, no, it's it should be called I don't understand how this works. Because none of these restricted free agents get it. It's it's pretty simple. Like Houston, it'd be it'd be wrong for them. I mean, unless you're Devin Booker, unless you're one of those guys, and I don't blame Houston for being like, all right, go ahead. And they want him to sign so an the offer Celtics sheet. Celtics did smart. Yeah, knock why, yourself why, out. Who's yeah. giving you seventy million? This isn't personal. It's called restricted free agency. Yeah, it's really simple. And I don't. I guess when it's happening to you, it's a little bit different. But the Capella thing, him coming back pissed off. I mean, that's that's his own fault if he's pissed off because that means he just doesn't understand it. And he's been really good for them. He's been a lot better than I thought he would. I be. told nephew Kyle, go get another offer. You can leave Does the he, ringer and be damn. out of our family. I could see him being difficult like every nine months. Going. No, he's, he's, nephew Kyle's the best. I love we him. We just worry about his personal life. Oh, Jesus. What's going on? It's a lot Is of on, on again, off again. What's he's, going on? He's in his mid twenties. It's the That's classic fine. on again, off again relationship. A lot of waitresses, hostesses. Substitutes. <laughs> uh, so oh, you, no. you agree that Houston missed the window. I totally agree because I think that there's they emotional They get mad things. when you bring that up. Yeah, well, all right. I, I think emotionally you have to really factor that stuff in and to be that close. And they kind of caught Golden State off guard because Golden State without Iguodala all of a sudden for two games in a row, and it blew my mind when it happened in four and five where you go, 
all right, I can understand a game, but how for two games do you guys look like you don't have any spacing and it's easy to clog you guys up and you're yeah. playing Looney and Bell together? Like, what the hell is going on Corral here? Bob went nuts about on my podcast about how good the Rockets were in that series and how they completely... They missed 27 threes. The like, think about the three-point stats and the misses for Harden and the team combined. Like that doesn't like you can say all oh, that'll never happen again. That's not supposed to happen once. What happened there? So I think there's an emotional like, hey, this is new. We're doing it. We've got them. We're good enough defensively. We're switching everything. We have this depth. We have more depth than Golden State. Golden State's a little off. They were bored all year long. Like this is a real thing. I think it's really hard to duplicate that emotional peak. And I think what you have is a scared Golden State that still won it. And maybe the most important that was off, part. Off chemistry wise for reasons we still don't totally know. But the boogie thing, as much as I would never do it, okay, I get why they did it. They got to use a mid-level that I'm not sure they could use on just anybody. And... I think there's a real, and this is a this is a Simmons thing here, but this is real. It's something to look forward to. It's for them to not be guy. bored. Yeah. It's let's see how it's this is going to work. Character. Right. It's yeah. absolutely the it's crossover It's adding Frazier and cheers. Hey, it's Frazier. Ooh, he's a new character. So it almost feels like emotionally last year was the year to get Golden State. And I don't know. I still don't think the Thunder will have enough shooting. I don't know if they'll be good enough defensively. This Lakers team is just a big shrug. I know CJ's still tweeting about Portland. They just don't have it. Um, Portland went from being like a dark horse in the West because the way they shot threes to everyone's just completely out of them. Yeah, everybody it wants to break up Pelican the backcourt. Right. It's like, just break these dudes up. Bob Myers, I talked to him at the finals about this, about whether Must it was- nice. <laughs> Whether it was a mistake to just run it back last year. Because I do, this was a red back thing. When the Celtics, when they kept winning titles in the 60s, Every year became, oh, it's for this guy. Kuzi's retiring. We got to win it for Kuzi. KC's retiring. We got to win it for KC. I'm retiring. We got to win one more for me. And there was always like a mission. The Warriors didn't have that guy. And now this year with Boogie, unless he's a complete cancer who ruins their locker room, it's at least like, oh, Boogie's never been here before. And you get energized from the new guy. And I, th I think you need that every year to make it a little fresh. I think it's... It's one of the most challenging things about being great is that you still need to be a little different. Like you're talking about sort of a legacy motivating factor, but I think there's a roster. Like I think the, I think you need the to be in there with, with 12, 14 guys and it can't be the same guys all the it's time. It's like being married for a while. Sometimes your wife just has to dress up like a cop. Right, Keep or Kirilenko. Remember the Kirilenko thing? <laughs> like that was incredible. You get one freebie a year. Right. Imagine, uh, imagine the night you would go out and it'd be like, this is the night. But here's the thing with Golden State. Oh, we're back on that? Never mind. From, <laughs> from October to February, same team. Boogie comes back probably after the All-Star break. He might come back before that. I think that's a mistake. Well, I'm just saying. That's a he, horrible injury. It just, if it happens, you heard it here first. Are you, are you giving inside info right now? I don't know what we're doing anymore. Is this anymore. the sources say? Yeah. Because the problem sources is- Sources are saying stuff to you? I blocked Slam Magazine because they, they screwed me on the Paul George thing. What'd they do? They said I reported he was gone. They just totally took something in the podcast and lost it. And then I got killed. Although I will give Sam Presti credit for this. I ran into him and I was like, hey, I'm like, sorry, I had that wrong. And he started laughing and he's like, I, I heard what you said. He's like, don't even worry about it. But he made a great point. He goes, and I don't think he'll be upset that I'm sharing this, but he said, 
we used to worry in front offices and players about you guys taking us out of context. He's like, now you guys just do it to each other left and right. Yeah. He's like, you guys don't even care anymore. And I was like, that's it's a great a you point. guys. It's only a couple parts of the internet that do that. Really? I feel like everybody does it now. Did Sam Presti then give you his favorite Tribe Called Quest song to capture the moment or no? He just was like, you're from Massachusetts, right? And I went, yeah. Yeah, he's he like, is he, too. He's, yeah, he's, he's like, I could tell. He's a secret mass hole. Yeah, Concord. He went to Emerson. Yeah, but he's a con- Concord mass. Shout Concord's out to the not really a mass holes. Yeah, it's but- It's too nice there. It's too nice. And Concord and Lexington, Yeah, but where nice. are you from? No, but those are the two nicest places in Massachusetts. I was Chestnut Hill, which was pretty nice. You went, you were like raised in Chestnut Hill? Yeah, the first 13 years. Flutie must have been. That must have. You must have lost your mind. My dad had. We had season tickets. I had moved to Connecticut that, but I used to come back on the weekends, and we had Flutie season tickets the last two years. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That was that you were that close. That's awesome. My mom went to BC, and my dad went to Holy Cross. How about that? Huge Holy Cross guy. You knew that, right? For me, Gordy Lockbaum. My dad. My right grandfather. Right before I got there. Yeah, we used to we used to drive up and go to cross games all the time. Two way Gordy. It was unbelievable. We got derailed. Let's take a break. Let's talk about Miller Lite. Here at The Ringer, we have our disagreements. We argue about all kinds of stuff. You should see our Slack. It actually gets uh, it gets feisty in our Slack. But there should not be any debate about one thing. Miller Lite is the greatest tasting light beer with only 96 calories and 3.2 grams off carbs. That's fewer calories than half the carbs of Bud Light. There's nothing really more to talk about. If you have a real argument, let me hear it. Until then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite hold true. And if you want to have fun, go on eBay, type in Miller Lite sports posters and a bunch of awesome Miller Lite posters. I may or may not have done this a hundred times in my life. Also, while we're here, Yahoo Football, this NFL season, be your GM, be a winning GM. Turn this season into a fistful of epic wins by joining Yahoo Fantasy Football League. Yahoo has spent the offseason making serious upgrades to enhance your experience. Upgrades like easier scoring, new trophies, and a buttery smooth app experience. So when you come to play fantasy football on Yahoo, the wins are as epic as the season is long. But to get in on the wins, you have to get in on the season. Start a league with your squad or join one of the many public leagues. Don't miss your chance to play on the best fantasy football platform on the planet. Join a league right now at yahoo.com slash Simmons fantasy football. You know, it's fun. I hate it every year and then I get roped in and then I like it. I have a hate love relationship. With it. You know, it's fun. Fantasy football. Check it out. Yahoo.com slash Simmons fantasy football. All right. We're back. We said Houston is worse. We think Portland's either the, worse. Or the Houston water. thing. I don't know how you argue that they're better. Ariza was super, super important for all of these things they did. Well, okay? and on top of that, like the mental toughness. And there was a couple games last year where it was like, you had him out there and Maba Mute and Tucker and whether it was you two lost three, three, I mean, three, three, they, they guys are just all tough. Tucker's garden centers and, he, and the centers yeah. can't, you know, like you can't get deep on them. And look, they're still going to be really good. And I love what they did with Paul and Harden, but it's just hard for me to say, yeah, okay, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll win it this year. We're also in, in the area with Chris Paul where there's going to be a drop off and how bad of it is year to year. I'm not sure, but the history of point guards He's not somebody who's like, a am in crazy shape heading into the season guy. He plays himself into shape. The history of those guys as they get old, he's, what is he, year 14 now? I'm so bummed out for him. I really am. Like, as much as I like Golden State, I've defended Chris Paul forever. I hate the whole, you know, it's one thing to not win. It's another thing to be incapable. And he's been put in the incapable group well, they put by him, everybody. They fast and, and furious him. Explain would, that. He was all of a sudden in 40, 40 plus minutes for game four and game five and his hamstring popped. 
they they rev the car. Oh, they, it's like the Vin Diesel when the when the I watched one the, again the other day when the RPMs are like at seven and a half and he's just gunning it. That's what they did to Chris. Do you Paul. like two? I'm in on every one of them because I know a lot of people are always down on two. I think five. You could make a case as one of the best five movies of the century. <laughs> Fast so eighteen five. years in the Brazil mo- Fast Five. That whole movie from start to finish is just spectacular. I love Tokyo it's Drift. It's spectacular. Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Do you know one time on the radio show, and I think it was with Van Pelt, I explained the plot of Tokyo Drift. Oh, how it was ahead. It was in the future, and you, now you're going backwards? No, he'd asked me if I'd ever been to Japan. And I said, well, yeah. no. But I said, I had a buddy that actually his mom got kind of sick of his shit. Yeah. And she sent him out there mm. and lived with his dad, military background. And it was like real estate there is brutal. Like everything's on top of each other. And he was going to a local school there and he didn't fit in. And then he's gotten a drift racing and he fucking was crashing cars all the time. I was like, and then he started dating a local girl. He's like, your friend did that? I was like, yep. And it's I a just- Massachusetts kid? So I used, no, it's a uh-huh. joke. It's, it's what I started doing. <laughs> did it just work again? <laughs> where I just started like, I, there was a weird stretch on the radio show where I started describing plots of movies and then saying, oh, I know a guy who actually used to like camp out and he'd hike by himself and then- these wolves were tracking him and he was in this weird fitness mode. He was taking different supplements and then he blew up a wolf and they thought he was dead. They're like, what? <laughs> Dude, radio for three hours a day makes pretty yeah, much everybody right. I'm insane. surprised I didn't do it more. So anyway, go ahead. What was the most you effed with uh, Van Pelt on your show? Not much, man. He's we a very both, serious guy. Yeah, but we were both hotheads, you know? Yeah. So we kind of knew. Why'd you sell me out? You, I think the thing that Van Pelt, he definitely didn't like it, but he had to take it, is that when he first got onto Twitter, and he hated it, he like he was, there's no one I've ever met that hates something as much as he does without experiencing it, and then once he does it, he's like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, Twitter's the, he's like, what am I going to tweet? Oh, I just had a sandwich. He's like, loser fest, you know? And then once he got into it. He would, he would engage with anybody, yeah. <laughs> okay? And I remember like before he got married, I looked at his feed and he was arguing with this kid. And I sent him a text. I go, do you realize you've been arguing about Penn State with a high school kid for four hours? Like, what are you doing over there? And he's like, you're right. I got to go to Chipotle. Like, this is ridiculous. Thank he was you. arguing with like Paterno Lever 25. I mean, it was even before all that <laughs> stuff, right? So we started doing this deal where we would print out his Twitter fights yeah. And we'd have our board op read like the role of the guy that was the troll. And then I would read Van Pelt's part and we would do it on the air. We wouldn't tell him like a thing would just go off and we'd be like, now another reenactment of a Scott Van Pelt Twitter fight. <laughs> and he would sit there and he there was no poker face. And he would just he would he would look at you like. You know that they wanted another guy for this show, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had to fight for your name to be in the title. Uh, let's talk Toronto. Kawhi Toronto? Yeah. Okay, all right. Let's I've, do it. I've contradicted myself. Every time I go down one road and I'm convinced, I can contradict it immediately. That team, no one likes, right? No one likes their toughness. Uh, to not get through the East or at least compete, compete with Cleveland this year in the playoffs is embarrassing, all right? So... I can say, hey, if Kawhi's not going to resign, I don't think you can give up that many assets. Ultimately, though, when you look at it and the fact that you'd have to resign DeRozan in two years anyway, like how many assets did they really give up? And the fact that the Spurs even kicked in money on that deal too, like there's some smaller details. Danny with this Green, not like, the worst thing in the world to have either. He's yeah. a ninth man. 
Yeah. So tradable and, contract. You didn't have to give up OG, who I really am starting to like. Yeah. Uh as much as I just don't like the idea of trading any kind of assets for the uncertainty, because one year is really quick, right? I mean, that was the old red thing when they drafted Bird. They're like, one year is not a very long time. Like, yeah. I believe I'm into that. I agree with that. But as much as I say don't give stuff away, what was the point of bringing that Toronto team back again? Do you just say because LeBron's not in the East? And then for San Antonio, it's once LA was out of it, you know, and once other teams were less willing, like I think that's a Maasai move where he's like, screw it, whatever. I'll bring a top five player here. I can say I brought Kawhi Leonard to Toronto. We'll see if we can do this. I also think there's some people that are looking at this as the post Paul George thing of like, hey, no one thought he was going to stay there, which I think is a completely flawed approach. But I can also see how stuff works because I've already seen people say it where they go, well, you know, they never thought they were going to keep this guy here. Um, so the I recency bias of a certain situation working out and then comparing it to another situation is always scary to me. It's yeah, right. one situation. There might be 10 versions of that and it only works out twice. I, my stance really hasn't changed. I like the trade for both teams. I liked it more for San Antonio. I will say this. I was listening. I like listening to the NBA channel on Sirius. I realized that I just want to listen to basketball. I don't care about listening to NFL until like two weeks before the season. Um, but they were making the point, like, is Kawhi the best player in the East? And I was like, no, Giannis is the best player in the East. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, no, Kawhi's the best player in the East. Giannis is going to be the best player in the East. And he's either, this will be this season or it'll be next season. But Kawhi, Kawhi's ceiling is better. I don't know if Kawhi's going to be healthy, but they, dra they traded for a guy. They weren't going anywhere, as you said. I think they had run their course with that team. And now they have Kawhi Leonard. And if they can get his head straight, even if it's for a year, it still gives them a better chance to win the title than they had anyway. I think you make a case that they might have the best team in the East. If, a healthy Boston is still better than that. If they have right. a shit together. Boston has some red flags for me. Lack of depth? Not lack of depth. <laughs> no, I mean lack I, of depth I, up front. No, I, or my, a million my, perimeter guys they have to figure out minutes for. My concern with Boston is the how is everybody going to be happy at the same time thing, which we talked a little bit about earlier. You have all these guys who think they should be playing in the last six minutes of a game. And this is going to be Stevens' hardest team to coach by far. Jalen's going to sit. How do you, well, and he's, how's he going to handle that? How has Jalen handled the whole summer of hearing how great Tatum's going to be and Tatum's working out with Kobe and Tatum's a future MVP? And Jalen's like, I'm right here. I was as good as him in the playoffs. Um, how is Kyrie going to handle the Tatum thing? How good is Tatum going to be in year two? How does Hayward fit into this? How I, worried are you about Kyrie? About him leaving? Yeah. I'm very focused on Anthony Davis. I want to get to a world where the Celtics have Tatum and Anthony Davis. And then we'll figure it we out, We just right? figure out the rest of the guys in the team. I want those two guys in the same team. I still think they can make the finals with this team. But if Kyrie's going to- Why couldn't gonna, they? Why couldn't they? They could. They have, yeah. I would say, the most talent. But the Toronto, the Kawhi thing is, they basically just exchanged a Rosen for a Kawhi. But see, here's the other thing too. Like you knew Pop, depending on whatever the Ingram package was and all the stuff they wanted from the Lakers. And I'd heard it was a lot. And so maybe that gets us back to the original start of the podcast. And like, all right, that's why the Lakers took a pass on it and say, we'll just get him for free for 2019. Okay? Or we get Clay Thompson in a year. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but- I I think Pop was like, 
you know, all right, I got DeRozan, LaMarcus, DeJounte's going to be good. I like I, it. I want to compete. I want to make the playoffs. I want to be a top eight team. I, what Pop did last year in winning 47 games with 48. that team? 48. That team got sucked. nine shitty games out of Kawhi and a bunch of crap. And it was unbelievable what Pop did. So I think Pop was like, give me DeRozan. He's pretty good. And, and you know, we'll, we'll make this work. We'll be competitive. But well, I, wait a second. DeRozan's better than pretty good. And I was taking shit what, from Toronto 30? fans. He's like, you never liked DeRozan. It's like, yeah, I didn't like DeRozan as a superstar. But I think he was one of the best 15 players in the league last year. You think year. he's top 15? I voted for him for all NBA. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean do, you think of his, do you think of him as one of the 15, like, consistently? I think that list drops really fast. After I, I think, eight? Yeah. Yeah. I looked at his stats last three years. He was basically 25 a game, three straight years. And the percentages are good. I thought he was good at crunch time. And I think rightfully, people held the playoff performance against him. They should have. He sucked in the playoffs. He was, he was on the bench in game three. I mean, there's, there's, he this is terrible. This isn't just one sample of that. So that's why, like, I expanded out. If you want to argue top 20, fine, top 30, whatever. Like, I do like DeRozan. Oh, he's like, 100% I'm, in the top 20. But yeah, to suck that many times in the playoffs, we have multiple years of evidence of like, whatever it is, man, like, you just miss shots. And like, when, you, when time, your argument, I, I thought his interview that he did this week was lame. I thought it was terrible. It's just like, first of all, get over it. Every NBA player gets traded. Well, how about when he's like, Second hey, Cleveland, you're making $30 million a year. Like, shut up. You sign the contract. They can do whatever they want. That, that didn't even basketball. bother me. Yeah, that didn't bother you. Like, yeah, you're right, because it's like, oh, I signed a contract. Well, no, you signed the awesome contract. Yeah. That's why you stayed. Okay, so, and then you got traded. But when and he I thought says- they overpaid him when they signed him. Yeah, but that's kind of one of those- if you're arguing he's a top 15 guy, like where's the leeway? Like, you know, like that's, that's the argument for Kevin Love. Right. I, I didn't mind the Kevin Love contract. He's one of the 30 best players in the league. There's 30 teams. I think you could have waited though. Like There's that, 30 teams. That felt more like a, let's do something positive. As I said before, I think you could have waited on the Kevin Love. My thing. Fear like, what was he going to get? What was he going to get in the open market? He wasn't going to get that other version of that ridiculous. You have max. to spend $30 million on somebody. That's why I don't mind it as much. If you're Cleveland, like you're spending money on, yeah, but he's 30, injury history. I, actually, the love thing to me is different than DeRozan. The concussion history is what, what worries me with love. Right, he's he, like the we only know he's guy had to worry at least about. three. He might have, might have had four. Like, if that dude has one more, like, he might have to, like, retire. DeRozan, to me, is like, he's he's durable. He's an all-star. He played in crunch time in the all-star game, even though I thought he was the one that stood out. as like, wow, he's out there in crunch time? But he's still out there in crunch time. And now they have him and Aldridge. It's a 30-team league, and they have two All-NBA guys. I think you make case the Spurs are now. Like, you figure the Rockets lose 12 wins. The Lakers gain 10 to 12. 12 losses. 12 more losses. I'm just saying 10 to 12. Maybe okay. they dip into the 50s, mid-50s. It's not going to be 65. They're not going to get the injury luck they had last year either in the regular season. But see, the DeRozan thing that bothered me in the interview, though, when he was like, hey, the only guy we lost to was LeBron. And you're like- Every year. Yeah, but he he owned you. He and for anybody, your team. for anybody that thinks that Eastern Conference thing a couple years ago when it was a six-game series, it, it wasn't. I mean, it was. That wasn't being competitive. There was no moment whatsoever in that series where you're going, you know, Toronto could do something here. And you got swept. You Can won I say all one thing games. about that series, though? Sure. They should have won game one, and it, and it had a catastrophic impact on that series. But if they win game one- It was a total one, fluke with, a, where Pirtle missed a layup and like all that dumb shit Yaka happened. Yaka Pirtle? 
Yeah, Berkeley. <laughs> he, he missed the layup, goes to OT, they lose. And it, you knew that series was over. It was one of those games. It was like, oh, they can't win now. Right. But if they won one, you're getting, this is always an argument that I make. And it's the 2017 NBA Finals argument. Okay. Because when Cleveland lost game three and it was close. They should have won game three. They should have won game three. And then everybody just gives them four. And then everybody goes, oh, well, it was almost 2-2. Two, two. And you go, okay, but if three goes Cleveland's way, you're getting a different Golden State in game four. The same way- if, You know what you're not if, getting? Different refs. You track that stuff better than I do. Game game four, Golden State was at a rough spot in 2017. <laughs> that was one of those crews you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Who was it? Was it your, your boy- the game one. Are we, are we going to say the? Are we, I think I know who you're talking about. The game one 2018 refs was another one. It was like, oh, Ed Malloy and Tony Brothers. Like, they, I'm not saying they skewed it one way or the other. It's just like when you have incompetent refs in a home game, it's good for the home team. You're not an Ed Malloy guy? No. I asked somebody about Ed. I said, I, he's what's, not what's bad, the story? I go, it's... what's the story with Ed Malloy? And they were like, he's actually really, he grades out. Whenever I think I think I know a ref and I'll ask somebody, I'll be like, how does this guy grade out? They just don't have a lot of good refs is the problem. Okay, but is that maybe? They don't even have 10 good refs. Okay, but this is a little bit like the NFL GMs, right? Everybody thinks these guys are all morons because they whiff on 50% of their first round quarterbacks. And it just yeah. is. Like I went back and tracked it for 25 years or whatever. It's at least 50% bust rate. And that's being nice. For quarterbacks. So then we have this thing where we just go, not saying you and I, but in general, fans, your buddies, other media people. Dude, I just say we're smarter than everybody else. Sorry. Um, they'll be like, these guys are idiots. Like, are they all idiots? Are they all idiots? Are there, are there 32 people incapable? Like, tell me where the other group of really smart people, if they were NFL GMs, would hit on quarterbacks at a higher rate. Or should we just say that's a position and that's the reality of it? So when people shit on the refs all the time, I'm always like, okay, so does that mean that there's another version of this or a group of people that would be better at I this? Or is it just that tough? 12, 13 years ago, I just think there were more good refs. I think some guys retired. A couple guys got injured and had to retire. You don't hear about ref injuries a lot. No, but it's tough, man. They're running up and down. I feel the same way about NBA head coaches. It's people a, think that half of them are just stupid. People think all of them are bad. And it actually, the the second tier of coaches is probably a little underrated because you have your three or four that everybody talks about all the time, but then you get to like the Luke Walton level. I thought Luke Walton did a good job last year. Totally and agree. Are you kidding things, me? That was He did a great job last year. One of the things... I'm really interested to see is whether LeBron embraces him or whether they battle. I know for a fact from watching the Laker games and and what my friends who went to the games and stuff, like he hated KCP. He was like, they they clearly did not get along that whole season. So for him to come back is kind of an F you to Luke Walton because he was clearly somebody he didn't like and he didn't want to play. So I'm, I'm monitoring that. I think Luke's in a tough spot. Well, LeBron think about is a guy that has undermined yeah. every coach he's had. He's just the force of the person. He's one of the three best players of all time. And there's never going to be a coach that he's going to see as an equal. It's never going to happen. No, he's never going to see anyone as an I'm, equal. I'm not even I, saying that as a dig. It's just no. that's once you get to the top three, it's, you don't you can't be coached. I wonder if LeBron would actually, like say you'd gotten Riley in his prime, right? Or say Pop now. Um, I'm just trying to think. The Brad one would be different because there's just an age thing that you're just going to consume things differently from a guy as great as Stevens is despite his questioning his usage of Tatum at one point in this podcast history, which felt weird. Remember when we did that? 
We were right. We were. They so, win that series yeah. if they overrated Stevens. Tatum. <laughs> Tatum has the three and the dunk over LeBron and doesn't touch the ball again the last six minutes. I may or may not watch this game like three days ago. How about Rozier at the end of that? Like every time, like I was, I was happy they brought back Mark Smart because I think that he's a value to them. Like a part of me wanted to see the Sacramento Kings just go crazy and pay Marcus Smart a ton of money just to see what would happen because him on a team where he's actually asked to be like a guy. That would have been a lot of fun to watch. And probably Bob Ryan made this point on Twitter. He's a guy who should be on good teams. Was it all you, caps when he made it? Yeah, I love, he's one of my favorite Twitter feeds. <laughs> Bob Ryan's Twitter feed. Comes like, in I don't, hot. Right. Like out of nowhere. Comes in hot, updates us on people who just died, and then gets into it with, with uh, Twitter trolls. Dickie Betts was the better Allman Brothers guitarist. <laughs> I won't hear Dwayne again. <laughs> Nothing like watching Tony C in Fenway in 66. The Love Boat was a ripoff <laughs> of a show out of Madrid written by, you know, and you're just like, I can't wait to get there in 20 years. Yeah, that's when he, my entire Twitter feed is going to be like, Ralph Macchio is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> the Caskin flag. <laughs> I said something the other day. I, this is actually during the playoff season where I just, I'm very anti everybody bitching about the refs all the time. I just go, this is like, I think people work this way. This is the, van, this is the worst thing Van Gundy's done to uh, the league in the last six or seven years is the constant ref pitching. Yeah. I really, I think it's a real problem for ESPN. I they have I to see- figure out, he is so smart and has such a great mind. I don't want to hear him talk about the refs. Just stop. Yeah. I mean, but when it's late in the game and he wants to go back and watch Chicago PD and then there's a review and he wants to get back to the hotel, I know he's pissed off. I like that they have adapted <laughs> this thing though. Like, Think about it when it's a bad ESPN game. I enjoy the fact that, and like people make jokes about it, that these guys have a podcast going on during the broadcast. And sure, but like I'd rather have that. I'd rather have a little bit more discussion. Like I think you could actually broadcast these games in that way. Or, you know, I actually liked when they used you on on a couple broadcasts. And like, let's I make had this such a good time. Let's make this a little different. Make I don't it know why they don't do that more often. They should definitely do it, especially like especially these January, February. What, yeah, some of these games earlier in the week you could do we're, that. We're both available if they want to use us. But when they when they complain about the refs and it turns this whole thing, but I feel like it's almost like more of an examination of culture and that it's just so much easier to make excuses about stuff. Right. So like all those golden state Houston games that everybody was turning into, like you can point to game one, but every single night it was up refs, 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 refs. And I'm like, don't miss 27 threes in a row. And that That was tough when Houston was blaming the fans are blaming the refs a little bit in game seven. You did not deserve to win game seven. Kyle's blames the refs with his relationship. God damn it. <laughs> Kyle, who are you seeing now? You Is Kyle get- single this single after this weekend? Minus 150, yes. Kyle, how about this game? We have to DM five girls on Instagram for you. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's talk about propercloth.com. Every guy knows that it's hard to find a dress shirt that fits. Collar too tight, sleeves too long, shirts too loose. I have some good news. Ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier thanks to Propercloth. Create a custom shirt size in seconds. By answering 10 easy questions, no measuring required, choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles from classic to business. Completely customize your shirt, get the style you want, all high quality, with the absolute best quality and craftsmanship, starting at just $80. Proper cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit, look your best. Go to propercloth.com slash BS. Enter gift code BS. Save $20 
and your first shirt. Once again, propercloth.com slash BS. Gift code BS. And while we're here, go to the ringer.com slash shop. A lot of fun t-shirts. People like our t-shirts. I'm honored. Thank you, everybody. We have good t-shirts. We're in summer league. A lot of people wearing the t-shirts. I was shocked. The blog boy one seems to be the most popular one. Just there you go. I don't know if you want to follow the crowd or whether you want to forge your own way with a claytheism t-shirt, whatever you want to do. Theringer.com slash shop. Hey, coming back. Um, one thing I forgot to mention with LeBron that uh, I wanted to throw at you. Everyone went nuts about how this specific nucleus that he had around him, he didn't have shooters. LeBron needs shooters in this whole thing. Are we sure that's true? Why, why have we decided that LeBron just needs to be surrounded by these guys who can just stand in one spot and don't do anything else? And then he has to do everything. The one thing I liked about what they did, and I don't think they found the right guys, but the mentality of it was they're going to be much better defensively, or at least that's the intent. And Rondo can take some of the playmaking off him and he'll, he'll play down in a little post more. I was a kind of in on all of that. I was like, yeah, you should have a second playmaker. I liked when Kyrie took the pressure off him offensively and LeBron was able to not have to every single time. I don't know why we decided he should just be surrounded by shooters. How about he's surrounded by basketball players? I don't think he has the right basketball players, but I think that was an important kind of point there trying to hammer home. Probably because I think going back to that Detroit series win in 07, yeah. And we started seeing flaws. Like, I still think when people were trying to say this year's Cleveland team was worse than oh, that 2000, was. that 2017, that's such recency bias. That team was terrible. And I always joke that LeBron deserves like a, a necklace or something, not a ring, but something just for bringing that team against the Spurs. Who's it? it was Delonte West, Eric Snow. Uh, was Elgoskis. it Daniel Marshall? Ben Wallace's dead body, was he in that team? Well, they did the Wally, Ben Wallace. Yeah, who's, they did, that team was awful. They did a bunch of things where they kept bringing in a bad contract for the next bad contract just to show that they were committed. That was an awesome game. I actually remember where I watched that game. It was unbelievable. I remember where I was. It was like, wow, LeBron, he's here. He's arrived. Yeah, this is happening. This is great. Okay, yeah. so we're on. I think when we saw some of the flaws in that team, maybe that's when it started. Hey, more shooters, more shooters. And then it was, it was Booby Gibson. I think Hughes was there for a bit. I think it's um, a false narrative. So don't, you don't think it should be shooters? Do you think it should be such non-shooters to the level of Alonzo and Arondo, who you clearly can't play together? You know? I think it's 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 uh, stymied some of the things that makes him such a great basketball player. He has these one-dimensional dudes like J.R. Smith, who they just do one thing, or Tristan Thompson. And now he has these dudes that might actually unleash him. You know who he's never played with? Somebody who gets above the rim. You know, like... Brandon Ingram, he might throw a couple alley-oops to and things in traffic. Like Lonzo's going to have fast breaks where Lonzo's running the fast break and LeBron's on so the you're wing. you're not counting Larry Nance Jr. from last year? No. Okay, well, I no, guess they, no, they, no, no, they, no. Well, I just, you know, was that it? Was that it? Should I have not done that? They No, they- It's too short. Did they really play together that No, much? that was actually kind of one of the things with last year's team where I'm like, how come they don't play this guy He more? was deer in the headlights in the finals. I would have rather had him be deer and be active. He had no idea what he was doing defensively. That was another guy. But we fit I, right there's, in. There's, yeah, true. There's pieces of LeBron that we have not seen unleashed except for the first two years of Miami. Like him and Wade in transition, when Wade really had the athleticism, especially the first year. And there are moments where, like, oh my God, what is this? You know, it was like, and it was like magic and worthy. And 
the these iconic like fast break duos. That was LeBron and Wade got there and then it was gone. And then he hasn't had it since. Even Kyrie is not one of those like transition, let's go, boom, boom, boom. I want to see him play with Lonzo. I think it's going to be really fun. I think Lonzo's actually the perfect guy to play with him. So he doesn't need the ball. Great passer, great instincts, great vision. And I think they'll be good together. Yeah, the unfortunate and thing he about tries the, hard. the Lonzo stuff. Yeah, he plays. Lonzo's, I think Lonzo gives a shit. Lonzo's team defense is incredible. How smart he is, where he knows where help is, where he knows your help is supposed to be. Like when you really watch Lonzo, there's so many impressive things about him. And I think lost in all the fact that he couldn't shoot forever, even though, you know, it got okay. He still wasn't healthy. We know the free throw issues. We know all the- He got all hurt the, right the, when he was starting to play well. Right, the knee thing, and then it yeah. happened again. And then it ended up being a more significant injury, I think, than people realized as it's carried through into the off season. But his vision at UCLA, like when you watched him and it was right, you're talking about somebody as soon as he came in the league, the guy that we saw in college, that's already one of the best vision guys in the NBA. So maybe that works, but I just, it goes back to the whole thing of how are you splitting these minutes up? How is Rondo going to feel on a one-year deal if he's not closing games when he maybe is the smarter guy to close games? I think and then what does that mean for Lonzo? Like there's just some duplication with the roster where I go, you're inviting a lot of headaches here. LeBron and Rondo, I would say, Minus 150 to absolutely love each other and brainstorm together. And minus uh, plus 130, it's over in like November and they're just waving him. So you think it's one of those, because he's always loved him. It's one of the other. But then you're like, oh, we're living together now. Yeah. Oh. But I do think like, I don't think LeBron has been around a lot of brain surgeons from a basketball standpoint these last 15 years. I think Wade was not I mean, Jordan Clarkson. Wade, no, Wade was incredibly smart. <laughs> I think Bosch was a really sophisticated basketball player. Yeah, totally. Uh, nobody really in, during his Cleveland days, I think, was on his level. I think Rondo. I was I was really impressed by him in the New Orleans playoff run. I loved how he was he incredible. Played. But I mean, you know, there's a reason why we tough. have the nickname playoff Rondo is because the regular season guy exists. And that's the thing that I can't like Rondo towards the end of the Boston thing was a disaster. And then he even admitted it. This isn't narrative. This is Rondo going, yeah, I didn't really care at the end. Can and I give then, you, I'm sorry to sound so Laker centric. Can I give you one other wrinkle that we didn't mention? Did yet? you get mad at Countdown for doing this? No, <laughs> I did. I, well, because they were terrible. Did you? It's uh, like, can the Lakers make the playoffs? It's like, no, they can't. They did, suck. Did you in the middle of a countdown? show complain and say on the air like does anybody even want to do this anymore i did did you have a total like take me through that breakdown i had two meltdowns one was <laughs> one was we were doing a countdown against a playoff game we were on abc and it was the fourth quarter of a playoff game on espn and we started and I was, and Sage set it up, blah, blah, blah. And then, and it went to me and I was just like, nobody's watching us. What are we doing? And everybody kind of tensed. And I was like, we might as well be FS1 right now. Wow. And then we went to commercial and they were laughing. Like, like Jalen loved it. We went to commercial and they were like, oh God, that's going to be a thing on, on viral. It wasn't, you know why? Because nobody was watching. We were going to get to a playoff game. There wasn't one person watching our show. So that was one of the times. And then the other time was the Laker thing. We did every, the, it was always like Lakers Knicks. It was like, hey, I have this idea. What about like Anthony Davis is blossoming into a superstar? We lead the show with that with the package. They're like, what about can the Lakers make the playoffs? It was like, they can't. They're 15 and 30. Who can the Lakers trade for? Yeah, who can? The deadline was last week. Should the Lakers extend Kobe? It's like, None of us want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of the thing, though. Like it was I've, that Bristol mentality in the mid. But sometimes it's like I always kind of like I when I started doing more sports centers, really the first time I started doing them regularly was last year. 
and you know, you get an email the night before and I used to write out these like elaborate, like here's something I'd want and here's a screen, you know, give me a full screen of this. And then I'd show up and they go, okay, we're going to ask you warriors and how do you beat them? And I remember I, I somebody got pissed at me because I <laughs> pulled beat somebody, somebody pulled me aside and <laughs> you, and, you use a two by four and you hit, start hitting right. them there. And then it would be the off season, be like, what moves can these five teams make to compete with warriors? And I was like, well, the segment's going to suck because it's, it's zero. Yeah. And they were like, well, just come up with something. I'm like, so, so come up with something that's wrong and stupid. Yeah. And, like I, I had to tell somebody, I was like, "Hey, you've asked me thirty warriors, like thirty days in a row that I've been on Sports Center. It's warriors every time." And but that's the thing is, like, as on air guys, I think we can always make the mistake of thinking that because we're tired of something, and this definitely happens in radio all the time. Like the Brady stuff, I was like, "I don't want to do this today." And my producer's like, and it's one of the few times where I ever went to the producer and went, "I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. I can't do it again today." And he's like, "Well, it's new breaking news." He's like, "You got to do it." And I did three hours on Deflategate and. That's the thing I think. I was the, always ready to do three hours on Deflategate. <laughs> you're a, you're I'll a, never get over Deflategate. You're a, are you a truther or a non-believer? Oh, what would you be described what as? What are you talking about? Deflate, he didn't deflate footballs and we lost the you first round did, pick. You thought he did nothing though, right? Like you think there's no I think malfeasance whatsoever. I think he did nothing. Right, what about the two trainers? I think he told them. Brassy Knoll? I think he told them keep the footballs. Keep them, keep them a little loose. I don't like them too tight. And that was it. And they, they were probably practices but where that's the footballs were too right? tight. Right. And he was like, the footballs are too tight. I fucking told you guys. Yeah. I don't like the footballs this tight. And that was it. I, something happened. And I remember thinking like, you guys don't think anything happened, but the excessive nature of the punishment. He was got absurd. suspended for four games. I know. No, it's nuts. That part is nuts. Four games. Ray Rice got two. Yeah, but if that's what's in the CBA, that's what's in the just, CBA. It was absurd. Yeah, but see, I don't, lost, I don't like that when people make the weed jokes. We're like, oh, Martavis Bryant. We're like, okay, but how many times he lost the season? You know what I mean? Like people do that. Like I'm not sitting here going, hey, Goodell's my guy. But people are really, I think, annoyingly inconsistent about making fun of the NFL and some of this punishment stuff when you go like, if, if this is what it is, then this is what it is. The one thing it's been really hypocritical Look, I, I will pass up no chance to rag on the NFL. This national anthem thing, which was an obvious clusterfuck from the get-go. You knew this was just going to go on and on and be poorly handled. But today we're do doing this podcast. I was driving in. Jerry Jones has told his players they cannot stay in the locker room. They have to stand on the field for the anthem. It's like, whoa. Um, the NBA did this all last season. You're going to stand in the anthem for the games. That's it. They just got taken care of and they did it. It's no different than what the NFL is doing. So if you're going to get mad at the NFL for this, you also have to then get mad at Adam Silver, I think. Yeah, but we didn't have like the NBA didn't nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're so these, right. You're so right. All these but, guys are on the same page. The, the point is the NFL is not on the same page no, the owners ever with are not. anything with their players no. ever. But even with the owners, like any of those, like the Seth Wickersham pieces, when you go behind the curtain with these owners fighting with each other, and they have a they have a much harder time. Like most of their issues are their own issues and not being able to get on the same page with stuff. Well, and they're all old rich white guys who are used to having their ways. The the NBA, I think one of the many advantages they have right now is by the, the way, ownership I'll, group is just younger and smarter and a little more just just as, as a guy malleable. that hopes to be an old rich white guy one day. Yeah. Do old rich people of other walks of life act differently? Good point. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I just want to meet the the super rich, built myself from the ground up, non-white guy that's super agreeable to shit. Maybe, it's, yeah, we never hear this with Shad Khan. 
Shad Khan is a pain in the old pain in the ass. Yeah, you're right. No, because there's this real like men in power push. And I'm like, I don't know. I've worked with some girls on air that could be a little tough to deal with. <laughs> you know, like what? Like I think it's pretty consistent that if you have a ton of cash and you have a lot of power, you're going to see things your way. It just happens to be there's more white guys that have that role than others. It's a great point. Uh, Bob Kraft. Old rich white guy. Old rich white guy was at some sort of Meek Mill event. And there was a picture. He loves Meek Mill. Every picture now, he looks like the Weekend at Bernie's guy. He's just kind of propped up, facing the wrong way in the picture. Do you know I'm him really well? I'm really worried about Bob Kraft. Do you know him well? How about I've your met him a few times. I know his son more. Jonathan? Uh, Bob, Bob's a good hang. Like you run into him at a cocktail party. He show, he'll have the ring on. Yeah. You get to thank him for saving the Patriots and not moving him to Hartford. It's, I have the same conversation with him every Ruined two years. Hartford, though. Hasn't been the same. Hartford's been in a tough spot. It's a tough spot. You left. New England's rising star. You, Do you still have your buddy that lives there? Jacko. <laughs> he was all excited. They might have an MLS team. I told you that everyone's getting an MLS team. When I moved to Hartford, um, I think it was 10. Yeah, it was almost 10 years ago. A lot of hot dog trucks. And a lot of parking available still. It's the one city that doesn't complain about parking options. Right. So or traffic. Just if you want an easy spot, you want to get in a city, you want Parking to be in the hub. Parking traffic, not yeah. a problem. Yeah. We got it. Although the traffic on the on the 84 sucks. Yeah. But I moved in. I had to have told you the story before, but the, the listing agent in this building, it was going to go, it was going to not work out. It was like a luxury building in downtown Hartford. And they like mm. just redid the sidewalk as if everything else was awesome. Yeah. And if you woke up on like a Sunday morning and needed a Gatorade, you had to get on the highway. Uh, but when the lady was like, okay, here's the deal. Here's the lease. And she like had the, it was like this whole maze. And then the lease is waiting for you at the end. Like, it's almost like a casino. Like I'm just yeah. going to go, oh, I can't leave unless I sign it. She goes, and just to let you know, we are getting the whalers back. I went, what? She's like, yeah. So these things are going to fly. We're connected to the XL center. Just right 10 now. years ago. Yeah. And I went, ah, uh, no, they're not. You're not getting the whalers back. Yeah, I was like, there's that. she goes, I go, you just asked me what I did for a living. I said, I work at ESPN. That's why I'm moving here. I literally work in sports. The whalers aren't coming back here. And she's like, ah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and you should get this two bedroom. I signed the lease anyway. Yeah, Hartford, you go in and you, and you tell the realtor what you're paying. Yeah, so right. I what? want my first nine months free. They don't even have vacancy nothing signs down. on anything. They yeah. just assumed. I thought ESPN, one of their many mistakes this century was not buying a hockey team. Just putting it there? I would have bought a hockey team. I would have put it there in the ESPN arena. And then even if NBC Sports has the rights to hockey, they have to show like the ESPN Whalers or the Hartford Whalers at the ESPN Dome. And it's just like a giant F you from ESPN to everybody else. This is at the height of the ESPN power and they're just spending money left and right on everything like drunken sailors. That'd be great. And then you could just put people like... You could just have in just have in a arena bunch of promos. ESPN. Yeah, and you yeah. give like you oh we Stu Gotts and like just a green yeah. sweater. We re-signed Levitard. You also get two season tickets to the Hartford Whalers. <laughs> and you have to go. And you have to go. You have to go Ted. He's just sitting there miserable in the stands, the hot dog. <laughs> I'm trying great. to think of like and and here's <laughs> remember when they did the ESPN Hollywood thing? Oh like, God, I was in the meetings for that. Yeah. That the, was the first time they'd brought me in creative meetings. And there was this three hour brainstorm for it. And I didn't say much the first two hours and I was listening to everybody and John Walsh had brought me. And about two hours in, I was like, I got to say, I don't understand the show. <laughs> and they're like, it's ESPN, it's Hollywood. I'm like, I know, but why would I watch this? And it was like record scratch. <laughs> and they're like, well, what would you want on it? And I was like, 
I just want to watch sports. I don't, I don't understand this. So it's going to be Derek Jeter at a red carpet premiere. That's going to be your lead story. You like, do a red carpet at the, what at the, is this? the hockey games. I was like, the way to make this work is you, you do the gossip stuff. And you know, like at the time, I think Kobe's trial had either happened or was about to happen. It was like, you, you know, you, your lead story would be Kobe's trial. And they're like, well, we can't do that. I'm like, well, what's the show? And they, <laughs> it's, I, I we still got Scott Erickson's it. wife. <laughs> it was one of those shows that had the title. And they're like, ESPN Hollywood, it's a great title. It is a good title. Great title. They did the website, page two had a part that ESPN Hollywood. So they had all that, but they didn't know what it was. And they still don't. It's a great title. And even title. now in 2018, what is it? ESPN Hollywood? Yeah, what is it? Not around anymore. But what, but what, I don't know what that would even be now. I guess it would be TMZ Now it would Sports. be easy. No, no, no. Actually, I think they should revamp the whole thing, retro it. Um, they could do the NBA alley deal, the little catwalk through the tunnel. I right. would, if I ran ESPN, I would make the jump like three hours. You know, I did the jump yesterday for the first time. Did you, did you talk about, uh, did you talk about the uh, Lakers? No, the, what was the story this week? Yeah, it was Durant. Stupid basket, Durant versus yeah, McCollum. McCollum. When, when he drops the, I did your fucking podcast. Like I understand as somebody that has to do analogies all the time, what CJ McCollum was doing. But when somebody then deciphers it and goes as literal as possible, where you're like, you think I would join a gang, plot against them in my own house and kill my brother? You're like, gee, you went, you like really. I was kind of team KD on that one though. It, it showed yet again that people love the NBA so much that it became a two-day news story. Two days. That KD went on that podcast, told CJ McCollum that he had no chance to win the title, which by the way, he doesn't. Who thinks Portland can win the title? He's like, I was so mad. And KD's like, why were you mad? He's yeah. like, well, because we were He's close. Like, He's KD's, like, I, I mean, obviously I'm not friends with KD, but I've gotten to know him just for doing these podcasts and stuff. Does he return your texts? Has he ever texted? Have you ever texted him, him not I've returning? texted with KD. But he's one of those genuinely curious guys. So I can totally see McCollum being like, I was so mad when you got it. And KD going there like, why? I don't understand. Why were you mad? Not even like being a dick. Like, why? Because if you had gotten Boogie Cousins, you were going to win the West? Like, why? I don't understand. That was I liked it. I mean, you know, hell, I mean, what's... I actually liked the whole moment. We finally I think, got a conversation yeah, with cool. two guys that, that weren't trying to cover anything. Can I ask you, because I know you're probably rapping here in a bit. Can we talk about Denzel? Yeah, let's do it. Because I listened to the Denzel pod. Yeah, it was it like is, riding a rodeo bull. It's like a huge get. And Thank you know, you. one of my favorite things about doing the radio show is every now and then when you get like somebody really famous, the pitch from the people would be that this super famous guy loves you. Yeah. And so that happened with Van Pelt and I a couple of times. McConaughey legitimately liked Van Pelt and I. And he even, when we said goodbye to him, he stopped us from saying goodbye and said, hey, I want to compliment you guys on something you did here. Oh. And I was like, holy shit, like McConaughey really listened to it. And then we got him again because of it. And they were did like- you vape with him after? No, it was, <laughs> on, it was on the phone. Was on, I'm not a huge Jewel guy. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, are you a vape guy or you just straight? I can't do it. I'm okay. cowboy Kyle's, killers. Yeah. Kyle's an all kinds of a guy. So we get Denzel- and oh, you had Denzel. Yeah, we, we got Denzel. I mean, but it's like a seven minute phoner or whatever. Yeah, it's tough. And yeah, it's so tough. And it's Scott and I. And, you know, that's one of those things looking back. Like we should have just had different interviews or one guy just laid out the whole time. Probably yeah. management, preferably me. Yeah. Laying out. Right, and, go, um, go, go to the cafeteria. Come back in 20. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to not tape something. Grab some nachos for everybody. Um, like, wait a minute. We got Paul McCartney. When the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so 
they're like Denzel's a huge fan, huge fan. So he, he talks it up. He's great. He's Denzel. And then I see him like really shortly afterwards, USC sideline. And it was such a rookie move by me. It's oh, like no. me. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man. He's like, what? And some guy comes over like, what the, like, what are you doing going up to Denzel? How dare you? And I was like, that was, I had a heart, like one of those things that I've always checked myself with at times I've gotten older, like you're not as close with this guy as you think you are. So anyway, does he not know how much you know about basketball? That's what like the first half of the podcast felt like. Like he's asking you stuff and he was testing me. Yeah. But beyond testing you, who the sixth knows, man. I don't think Denzel knows anything. I think his his uh, his PR person was probably like, this guy loves sports. He used to be at ESPN. And Denzel was like, oh, I remember, I probably saw him on Countdown or the draft. Oh, yeah, well, I'll talk basketball with him. And then was testing me to see what I knew. What was weird about him was he, and I get it. He was just like, I don't go backwards. That's like, what, what I wanted to bring up. That movie? And right. he's like, I don't know. I don't care. Okay, but do you think- But he talks about he got game though. Yeah, that's the thing is like, do you think that he- when I hear people do that, like, I think some people do that, like, hey, man, never regret any decisions. Like, if you actually have a life where you've never regretted anything you've done, like, shut up, you know? Right. And and people are like, oh, I just turned the page on life, man. Everything's in the rearview mirror, you know? Or who's the player? Like, I don't have a rearview mirror because I never want to look backwards and all this shit. And then he said, you know, like, next one, on to the next one. Like, you never sit back and think about appreciating, like, playing Malcolm X or, you know, like... I think that was, it felt like, maybe it's totally true. Maybe artists are just a little different, but I felt that was, um, that was weird. And I guess that maybe he just got me off on the wrong foot because he was a Yankees, Lakers, and Knicks fan. And, and apparently I, a Cowboys fan, which yeah. I didn't realize till after. And a Cowboys fan. A Cowboys so he fan. likes Duke and Alabama and lot college of sports too. Yeah, a lot of bandwagons for Denzel. But when he started testing you on that stuff, like that'll happen to me. Like I'm going to LSU Bam again this year. It's my favorite game. Love Baton Rouge. And then, you know, I'll be there and they'll be like, how many games? I'm like, oh, I've been to like 12 of them. And then some guy will be like, you know, Renee Danga yo. And I'll be like, no, I don't. <laughs> be like, left guard 62. And yeah. I'm like, okay. Fucking congratulations, man. You named a guard from 62. Let's play another game like, of cornhole and yeah, shut up. Right. Like, I don't, I, I always find it like interesting that when you're a guy like you or, you know, with a big sports background, that people will like test you and you'd be like, what do you think I do every day? Yeah. Probably with basketball, I'm not a great, I don't need to be really tested. All right, that's my Denzel rant. Yeah, that was... Was that weird? No, I I think it's weird when... Like, I had the opposite experience with Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke was not only ready to go backwards... Obi-Wan Kenobi. Had a oh. 2018 perspective on all of the movies he made in the 90s and 2000s. That, that was my favorite podcast I've done this, this year, was Ethan Hawke. Because he was like, I'm ready to re-examine all of these movies I did under the lens I have now. And it was just cool. And Denzel was the opposite. Denzel, but he got game. My thing is, I wanted to have- He was great on He Got Game. Yeah, I wanted to have at least one moment where was, I learned something about some movie he did. And He Got Game was what he was great with. And then finding out that Tracy McGrady almost had that role. It's like, oh my God, it's a good what if. He really, really downplayed Ray Allen's acting. There's this little moment in there. Where I was like, Ray Allen's a good actor for basketball. And he just started laughing. I don't think Ray's like, very good. I've gone back and watched it. I didn't think, Ray, I mean, look, it's tough. He's, I think all he's, these guys are bad. He was, to be an actor, you know, like, and he had a million lines, so it wasn't like you could hide him. But there's some moments in there, you're like, okay, he's not an actor. The but. best acting performances in a sports movie ever by an NBA player. Number one, Bernard King, Fast Break. Actually could have been nominated for an Oscar that year. It was a weak supporting actor. Really good. You're not, you're just looking at me like. A Kareem Airplane? 
Great role. I'm not sure the acting was that great. Great comeback though to that kid. Eddie has a couple kind of good acting performances. What about I mean, Jumana Man? Is anybody, are we missing anyone in Jumana Man? Jumana Man, I don't Juana remember. Man. I, John I Sally's good in Eddie. Rick Fox is good in Eddie. Rick Fox is good. Like Rick he was Fox believable. Might be a good actor. Yeah, yeah, when he was at Oz. He was good in he Oz. He was good. Um, yeah. Well, now the now the podcast is ground to a halt. Did we hit I all have... the NBA free agency stuff? Zach Levine? We, we hit everything, right? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Lakers, Toronto. What's the next? Let's... Oh, I, I, my Toronto question for you is, is Kawhi on the team in March? Because okay. if he is, I think that's going to be a good team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I would think, if he's back to being P. Kawhi, it's, it's what, one of the three best players, four best players? Uh, he was the second best player I gotta have 15 to see, months ago. I got to see what happens with Nick Nurse. I got to see if, you know, with Siakam and Ananobi, you know, how they look a year later. Because I really started, and even like really locking into OG towards the end of the year, I was like, man, this is a guy that was hurt at Indiana had he not been hurt. Yeah. You know, he's a dude that goes a lot higher in the draft. And I, I talked to Crean who'd had him and it was like, this guy's really, really good. Um, and so maybe that's, you know, part of the problem. And then, you know, you think about Jonas not having Pirtle with the depth, like you probably can't play Jonas in certain matchups. Like he'll be watching the end of some playoff games. So I think the thing, the lesson that I've, I've learned is like, how many times have you had an opinion about something you've had zero experience with? Being from Boston, I hated New York City, had never been. Started going after my buddies graduated from college. Was like, actually, this place is awesome. I grew up thinking LA sucked, okay? Because I was a, just a shelter. Now you're wearing a fucking LFC shirt. You're tan. XL. You're, you're working out with. With Toby Flenderson. You're working out Flenderson with that Files. Toby. What's his name again, Kyle? Paul Chris, Lieberstein. Staying at Chris Thompson's house. Paul Lieberstein. Fighting off stalkers. So, is that happening? Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No. The second I don't hear night, about anything. The second night I stayed out in Malibu at Chris's house. Uh so the first night she was there, she left for a work trip the next day. I'm watching Pelicans Warriors. I drive down to Mastro's, grab a steak, a little live music, great on a Tuesday. Cruise back, flip it around where she lives. And unfortunately, there's pretty easy access to the front part of all those areas. And she doesn't live there anymore, by the way. And I walk in and there's motion lights. And as soon as I'm walking to the gate to like open the gate to then get into her front door, it's not like some gated community. It's just a gate and then the door. There's a dude. 5'10", white, late 30s, hoodie, uh, like a dad hat on, jeans, dad shoes, and a huge red suitcase. And the light goes on. Was and it I Chris go, Ryan? <laughs> he's, he, was, he, wasn't, he was thicker. I okay. knew immediately it wasn't Chris. It was okay, close, good, but good. He, was, he was too big. And I went, hey. And he's like, hi. I go, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm here to stay with Carissa. And I'm like, oh, no. Now, here's the thing. She and I are very close, but I don't know everybody in her life. And you never know, like, hey, yeah, look me up sometime if you're in L.A. Or, like, maybe she has some cousin that's all messed up or something. I, you know, I don't. So you start from, because all my friends, as I told the story, they're like, why don't you just kick his ass immediately? And you're like, well, life doesn't work that way. Like, until you're in the moment, you're deciphering. You're trying to figure this out. You're trying to get through it. So I'm like, you're staying with Carissa? And he goes, yep. And I went. Remind me of Wade Boggs a little bit. Like, very matter of fact. Full sentences, you know? And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look like it. No, it wasn't Wade Boggs. So sorry, Wade, I'm not. Yeah. So I go, well, I'm staying with Carissa. And he's like, oh, okay. I go, she didn't tell me anything about you. I was like, what's your name? He's like, my name's Todd, Todd Poole. And I went, all right, well, he's like, call her up. I'm like, well, the stone's on this guy, right? So I call her. She doesn't answer. I text her. She doesn't get back to me because I know she's flying. 
I go, how do you, like, how did you, he goes, yeah, I'm here for a birthday. I'm here to surprise her. I'm here to stay. And I was like, is that your suitcase? He's like, yep. And I saw like a fresh baggage claim tag on it. So it looked like you just got off a plane. So I go, how are you talking to her? I go, do you talk to her on the phone? And he goes, well, no, we just message a lot on Instagram. And I go, oh, this uh, poor sucker got catfished. You know, he got catfished. I go, okay, well, let me, I was like, you don't have her contact in your phone. He's like, no. I go, well, let me see your Instagram account and I'll look at the DMs and help you out here. And he's like, well, we don't actually DM. And I went, what are you talking about, man? Like, what messages? He's like, well, I can just tell the messages as she posts that she's talking to me. And I was like, okay. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Hard here pivot. we go. I go, oh, well, look, man. I was like, the bad news for you is, and I got to admit, maybe watching a little too many movies, I started like positioning myself to the side, trying to pretend I had like a gun on me. <laughs> yeah. And I also like didn't want, that was like kind of had this little ledge walkway. I go, if this slob charges me like just make sure i'm not you know backed into something i'm gonna fall down on, this right? is where growing up in massachusetts really helps yeah, i actually half of me wanted him to charge me right but then i was afraid like if you're in a bar you're you're holding the beer bottle now i know just ever, in case did you have friends that used to hit people with bottles i, I never had one friend ever even think about doing any of that my stuff. buddy j I got bug, hit with one of the back my of the beloved buddy j bug we we're at sully's in charlestown one night and there's this guy i'm i'm like naive guy i know nothing and Bug didn't like the vibe from this guy. And at one point I just saw him grab the bottle, which I knew was empty, like he was drinking it. And I was like, oh, we're in a bad situation right now. I was like, naive, stupid guy. But yeah, that was- Bottle grab. Yeah. It was the asshole DNA. That's, a, that's another level. He, he saw something he didn't like. So you, so I, so I you said start like, pivoting. I start pivoting and I'm off to my side. I go, well, hey man, here's the bad news. I'm like, I'm her boyfriend and I'm a cop. <laughs> And he's like, Kyle loves the wow. And wow. he's like, okay. You know, and like the thing is every answer, he's like, I'm supposed to stay here. Call her up. He's like, I Instagrammed you. And I go, what are you doing here? He's like, man, total shot in the dark. I knew it was her birthday. He's like, you know, I, I recognized the car. So I got off on the bus. I go, there's no bus up to Malibu from LAX where you just like pull a string and like, let me off here. I go, you got to get out of here. And if you ever come back here, like it's going to go a lot worse. And I actually, a couple of times I was like, I need to see your hands. I don't want to arrest you. Need to see your hands. Because he kept stuffing his hands in the front of his hoodie. And I was like, maybe he has mace or yeah. some sort of stuff. Like maybe the whole plan was to mace. He, so then he walks down. Um, I called the cops, but the cops were like, well, he doesn't want to deal with you. And I was like, well, no, but and they're like, you know, whatever then. And I was like, yeah, but don't you think like a guy's walking down the street and with a suitcase, like you should at least like, can I file any kind of report? And they were like, nope, we don't care. And I get where they're coming from. No crime happens. And the guy was like, this is a crime line. The scariest thing, the part that sucks, and it also reminded me a little bit of like, you know, we we take a lot of stuff for granted as guys. Yeah. Like in that situation to be a woman, it put me in a situation that I hadn't, you know, look, I have mom and I have sisters and this kind of stuff. Right. But it just, it really pissed me off. And then I kind of regretted like not doing something about it. But then I was like, if I hit him and did stuff, then he could have just said, oh, I was walking down the street and this guy got out of his car and started beating the shit out of me. So I was like, yeah, I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, but we saw the video footage of the guy who got there before I came home and he was there for like an hour and he was pulling on the doors. He was pulling up the windows. He was pulling up flower pots, looking for keys. Oh shit. So that part sucked. And, uh, she, she's told the story before, so I don't, I don't not saying anything that hasn't been told, God. but she doesn't live there anymore. She's did. She, I stayed with her for about a month or so and that's it. And it sucks. Cause this guy, this, this guy, you know, made somebody who I'm very close with feel uncomfortable every day she was there. So she's out. She doesn't live there. I think you should have killed him. Could, it, could you have thrown him off the cliff? How far, how deep was the cliff? When people ask me, like, how do you feel? 
I was going to win the fight. Right. So I didn't, you know, unless it was like some sort of Farley, like fat ninja guy that I wasn't, wasn't aware of. <laughs> he wasn't scary. He was, you know, the scariest thing about him was how matter of fact he was and how stone cold, like convinced. The messages were gonna... talking to me is really strange. Yeah. At that that's point, kinda, I was like, that's kind of chilling. It is. And you know, I, I, as I've argued with some of my friends about it, they're like, why don't you, you know, and I go, you don't get it. You don't get until you're in that moment. You don't understand like, okay, have an open mind. Like give them, you kind of, I think human nature is like you give people the benefit of the doubt because you think most of us aren't wired that way. Right. right. And so, um, I, I don't know if there's any kind of lesson in it, but it's just that it made me feel, you know, here's somebody I care a lot about and it made me feel like a completely different uh, like a, a different kind of compassion, you know, and the, and the stuff that, that girls, especially public figures, you know, have to deal with. Action-packed first few months for you in LA. I've got all sorts of stuff, but I don't, I don't want to use it all here. You say, you save it. Maybe who knows? What are you doing for college football season? I don't know yet. Uh, are they using you for sports center and stuff? I'm uh, how, how many months left on the deal? Five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the day? <laughs> I think I got to go back and look at the contract. Should I think we do a, should we, we did a free agency special. Maybe we should do another free agency <laughs> special. Jesus. 12.01 AM. I know. The thing is, is I already like bought, you know, so I can only go to the Clippers or Lakers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Rosillo, a pleasure as always. Thanks, man. Thanks again to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Starbucks. Starbucks Double Shot starts with bold Starbucks coffee blended with milk for a smooth, creamy, delicious flavor. It's enhanced with ginseng, guarana, girana, guarana, girana, guarana, and B vitamins. I love these things. I put them in my fridge. Little five o'clock shot gets me going again. Starbucks Double Shot energy to do the things you actually do. Find it in your local convenience store. And thanks to Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts, having trouble finding shirts that fit at propercloth.com. Ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom shirt size by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at $80, delivered in two weeks. Perfect fit, guaranteed. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com BS and use gift code BS to get $20 off your first custom shirt today. Back next week on the BS Podcast with three, including the dramatic return of the talented Mr. Roto, Matthew Barry. We're going to do an old school fantasy football preview uh, middle of next week. We have not done one, I don't think, in like four years. But uh, it's going to be emotional. Until then, have a good weekend.